podcast. We're so glad you're here. This morning, the sermon is going to be on all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Someone say, with God. So there was an, open up with something a little lighthearted. There was an eccentric businessman who had some upcoming single executives, and he wanted to give them a shot. So he said, come over to my house tonight. He had Olympia-sized pool, big house, fed them dinner, went out by the pool, and they noticed there was an alligator in the pool. And he said to them, I'm looking for the next vice president of this company. So the first one of you that will jump in and outswim the alligator, I will choose you to be a vice president. I will let you date my daughter, and I will give you a $250,000 cash bonus. So all of a sudden, they heard a splash, a surprise shockwave, and there was a man swimming for his life as the alligator was right on the heels of his feet, biting the whole way. He jumped out. The, the executive, the eccentric businessman, went over and said, that was phenomenal. That was spectacular. Here's your $250,000. you are the new vice president, and you can date my daughter. He said, I don't care about any of that. I just want to get my hands on the man that pushed me into the pool. Oh, been there and done that. <laughs> so hopefully the word of God will give you a push this morning into the pool and into the good things of God. Amen and amen. Second Kings 7 verse 1. You can leave your word open because we might come back to it. Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel. And two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. doesn't mean anything to you right now, but I'll get to this. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man of God. The man of God had given a great word. He said, look, even if the Lord opened up the windows of heaven, this could never happen. But how many know with God, all things are possible. Psalms 121, I lift mine eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heaven and the earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand the sun will not harm you at day or the moon at night the Lord will keep you from all harm the Lord will watch over you your coming and going where will I lift mine eyes to the hills where does my help come from the maker of the heaven and the earth can you give him a shout of praise this morning with God all things are possible father we thank you for your word this morning Thank you for strengthening us and strengthening my voice in this season of pollen. But Holy Spirit, most of all, I ask for you to speak into the ears and the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Speak even what I do not say and bring out what you want. Lord, let us be pushed into the pool of faith by your word this morning to believe that with you all things are possible. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, maybe you need a push. You know what? This morning, we don't have to stay where we are. 
We don't have to stay where we are. Faith is contagious. Fear is contagious. This is an amazing chapter that is like mind-blowing Steven Spielberg desiring to make a movie out of what happens in this chapter to come. Things are going very bad, but I want to tell you something. We need to stop talking about how bad things are. We need to stop talking about the conditions of the world. We need to stop acting like America has never been challenged before. America survived World War I. World War II. The Jews survived the Holocaust. We have survived the Vietnam War. We have survived so much. We need to get our eyes off of the condition of the environment, the condition of the world around us. We've seen worse. We've been through worse. How did you get through before you lifted your eyes to the hills, to the maker of the heaven and the earth? Can someone say amen? We need to set the tone. We don't have to stay where we are. For with God, all things are possible. Don't fall asleep on your dreams in this season. Don't fall asleep on your goals in this season. Stay around people who will encourage you and uplift you. Love all, but hang with those who say, I believe in you. I believe in what God has put in you. I believe in the way the Lord is going to use you. We got to stop getting used to living on less and dealing with more come on somebody come on somebody don't get used to living on less in everyday life living with less peace less assurance well this is my lot in life it is not your lot in life to live with less peace than what the covenant of God has ascribed unto you it is not God's will that you would live with less joy than what the Lord gives I've learned in the midnight hour I've learned when I'm sorrowful which I've had a lot of sorrow this week over pastor being in heaven it just sometimes comes but I've learned that every morning I get up, joy knocks at my door. I've learned that Ephesians 3.20 is possible, that God can give us exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or we think or we hope. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, you might need a push this morning. You might need a push. In 2 Kings 6, Chuck, the extreme situation is beyond words. King Ben-Hadad of Aram of Syria has sieged Samaria. Siege means they lock them up. Watch this. They lock them up so that no one can go out and no one can go in. They're blocking off, Brother Mike, anyone getting into help or anyone getting help. And this evil king has sieged Samaria so bad because he's so mad at Elisha, the man of God. And he's trying to starve them out. I'm going to tell you this morning, the enemy wants to starve you out from the provision of God. He wants to isolate you so no one can help you and you can't give help. But I believe in the community of Jesus Christ that thrives and lives to help each other. Someone say amen. It's so bad that let me, let me break it down into modern terminology because if you read it, you'll read theirs and it won't mean a thing to you. Here's the deal. The food was so short that they were eating their children. I want to be careful. I know we've got little ones. It's a terrible, terrible tale, the chapter before this. They're bowling and killing their children because they're starving. A dozen eggs is going for $150. I'll make it plain. Think about that. 
Gas is $30 a gallon. And all the hamburger meat, a pound, I'm making it modern, is $100. And in the midst of this starvation, in the midst of this besieging Samaria and the king of Israel, Elisha steps up and speaks what God says. God is looking for a people who will step up and say what the word says, who will step up and say what the word declares. Regardless of what you see, feel, or hear, the word does not submit to my feelings. The word does not submit to my fears. The word does not submit to my emotions. The word is alive and it is full of power and strength and might. And God is looking for someone to speak his word. Give him praise. And what God says is always the most important thing. I'm telling you, Spirit of the Lord whispers me to often turn down that other voice. Turn up my voice. Turn up my voice. There is more power in one word from God than all the power in the world combined. One word of God shakes the foundation. And Luke 137 says, we are promised no word from God will ever fail. I want you to say ever fail. He gave Abraham a word, and it never failed. He gave Moses a word, and it never failed. He gave Joshua a word, and it never failed. He gave Hannah a word, and it never failed. He gave Elijah a word, and it never failed. And the Lord has a word for you and I this morning. Get ready for the impossible. Get ready to believe God from some mighty things. Somebody give him praise. So open your mouth and speak into your house. Speak into your destiny that the word of God will never fail. Speak it into that relationship that is full of drama and proclaim the word of God will never fail. Text your children this afternoon or wake them up in the middle of the night and text them the word of God will never fail. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Tell your lack of resources, the word of God will never fail. Tell your doubts, the word of God will never fail. Tell your fears, the word of God will never fail. Tell your sorrows, the word of God will never fail. Tell your sickness, the word of God will never fail. And tell your questions about the future, the word of God will never fail. Somebody give him praise. It has never failed and it never will fail. Numbers 23, 19, one of my favorites. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he can change his mind. What he has promised, he will fulfill. His word has been tested through the ages. Give him one more praise in this house this morning. And Elisha stands up and listen to this message from the Lord. He says, this is what the Lord says. You're sieged, Samaria. You're blocked in. You don't see a way out. I'm getting to you in a moment. But this is what the Lord says. The Lord says that by this time tomorrow, there's going to be a turnaround. By this time tomorrow, there's going to be a turnaround is what 
he says to these people, a divine reversal. Everything will change by this time tomorrow. What a word. I would love a word to come to someone in this room this morning by this time tomorrow. Your prodigal's coming home. I would love a word to come to someone this morning. It says by this time tomorrow that job will be found. I would love a word to come from the Lord that says by this time tomorrow this situation will be turned around. I would love a word from the Lord that says your sorrow will not engulf you by this time tomorrow that heaviness over your spirit that cloud over your mind I will break it by the blood of my son somebody give him praise I love it by this time tomorrow with man this is impossible uh, Matthew 19 26 but with God all things someone say all things I am convinced this morning from this text and the way the Lord moves through this text and the way the Lord moves through this situation I am convinced and I have known that God is attracted to impossible circumstances that's what really gets him up and going show him a barren womb show him a closed door show him a broken heart show him a shadow dream show him a bad medical report show him an empty bank account show him a dysfunctional family show him your need and get ready to God to show up get ready for God to show up because impossible is what he loves somebody give him praise this morning and I love what's going on in this story because it does get turned around at the end in case I forget to tell you this part Let's say that a dozen eggs go from $150 to 50 cents a dozen. Can you say amen? Let's say that gas goes from $30 a gallon to 50 cents a gallon. Let's just go to Santa Monica people together in a bus. Hamburger meat goes from 100 pounds, $100 a pound to $1 a pound. God can turn it around. I'm going to tell you this morning in this text we see that God is not subject to the plans of the enemy. He is not subject to the economy. He is not subject to politics. And in our day and age he is not subject to politics he's not subject to politics he's not subject to the spirit of age he's not subject to the spirit of the antichrist he sees all of this and says i am still god all by myself hallelujah in this room but this man who the king is leaning on you better be careful who you're leaning on the king is leaning on an officer's arm and the officer that the king is leaning on says this could never happen even if he were to open up the windows of heaven, it's never going to turn around and things will sail like you're saying, Elisha. I wonder this morning what you and I would say to that. Well, that'll happen when pigs fly. Anybody told you that? That'll happen when hell freezes over. That's the saying meaning it's never going to happen. I wonder, though, if a promise was given to you today a prophecy directly, a verse you read in scripture, a song you heard and your heart began to leap and you thought that is too good to be true. The problem is that officer doubted the power of God. God can surely make windows in heaven if he wants to. He doubted the creativity of God. God works by provision in unexpected ways. How faith breaks this, how God is and he is good at it and they refuse to believe. You see, condition of unbelief. Unbelief says this is a new thing and it cannot be true. Unbelief says this is sudden and it cannot be true. Unbelief says there's no way 
way to accomplish this, and it cannot be true. But faith says, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. If you believe he's able this morning, give him a shout of praise in this house. You see, whatever you are facing, they are going to overcome. God's going to use four lepers to bring the miracle. They're going to overcome. We'll get to that in a moment. And the Bible says in Revelations 12 that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony overcoming is God's business. He is the God of impossible. Abraham overcame the lies, including his own. Joseph overcame the pit and the betrayal of his brothers. Moses overcame his past and his temper at Pharaoh. Joshua overcame the disobedience of his troops and his mentor dying. Gideon overcame the threshing floor. Samson overcame his pride. David overcame Saul's spear. Esther overcame the haters. Daniel overcame the lions. The Hebrew boys overcame the furnace. Job overcame the loss of everything that he had. Peter overcame the cursing of his blessing. And Paul overcame the shipwreck and the snake. And Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the anointed son of God, overcame hell and death and took back the keys. Somebody give him a shout of praise. You can overcome to whatever you're facing this morning. Just consider the things in your life. Sometimes I like to make a list and then throw the list away of all the things that I've overcome. <laughs> the things that are unbearable, unimaginable, intolerable. Abuse, grief, trauma, poverty, bankruptcy, divorce, and shame may be some of your things that you felt they would destroy you, but you persevered and you're here today. Say thank you, Jesus. Why did you overcome to be where you are right now? You overcame generational strongholds in this room. You overcame failure. You overcame defeat. You overcame sin. You overcame temptation. You overcame addiction. You overcame depression. You overcame anxiety. You overcame confusion. You overcame infirmity. You overcame betrayal. You overcame brokenness. You overcame unbelief. You overcame your unforgiveness. You overcame negativity. You overcame toxic relationships. You overcame the devil. You overcame others. And above all, you overcame yourself. But how did you overcome? How did you make it? How did you come out of that season how did you overcome the obstacles how did you overcome the haters how did you overcome everything hell sent your way it was not your personality it was not your social media post it was not your selfies or your political affiliation it was not your biology or your ideology you overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony and you are standing victorious and you will overcome whatever you are experiencing today somebody give him a loud shout of praise look at your neighbor and say you will overcome so here's the thing expectations are wonderful pastor tim um expectations are wonderful when they are isaiah 49 23 says all those who will hope in the lord will never be disappointed but I've been disappointed. Have you? Now, when the word doesn't work for a moment, I have to dig deep and figure it out. So I go back to the Hebrew or the Greek and I begin to study it out, Peggy. You see what the scripture says, those who put their hope in what the Lord can do. Those who put, but what, why do we get disappointed? Because we put our hope in people. We put our hope in things. We put our hope in our plans. 
We put our hope in our own timing. We put our hope in this or that and how it should be and how it should happen. My best friend was reminding me this uh, week, we're just reminiscing some shit to college with me. And she said, remember when we thought it was only one of these two guys you could ever be with? It was, we were reliving our college days together. We sometimes do that. And she said, but nobody saw Hank Davis. He was a sprinter. You know, he, he came in and, and, and God gave it. And I said, it was the greatest thing. I'm going to tell you sometime, if I had planned my life out back in those college days, I would have missed the greater thing because sometimes what we expect things to look like, they do not look that way. Sometimes. You see, um, Pastor Barbara and I, she, give Pastor Barbara a hand. She was um, my first real partner in ministry. Um, she was my assistant, but we partnered. And she's very creative and dramatic like me. One time I made her play Mary, and she wore a brown wig. And we had to spray. It was your mama's wig, right? And we spray painted it brown because I couldn't see Mary having a blonde head. And she went along with it. Give her a hand for that. But she's very creative like I am. And so we went to Israel in 1992 with Brother Perry. And um, we were at Sea of Galilee. It was awesome. It was incredible. She's probably trying to think, where is she going with this? Hang on. We'd see a Galilee, and we loved it. They kept saying, when you go to Jerusalem, when you go to Jerusalem, you're going to see God. You're going to see God. So here's two creative sisters sitting on the, I still think it was a school bus, but Perry said they never had a school bus, but it felt like a school bus. It was a school bus. He's wrong. I'm right. Anyway, so. We were, I'm just kidding, Brother Perry. Um, so we were, we were climbing. We passed the valley of the shadows. And they said, get ready, get ready. You're going into Jerusalem. Well, you don't tell two creative minds this. Because all of a sudden, we just kind of stop. And they go, there it is. And we look at each other. That's it? Yes, that's it. We later confessed to each other what we imagined we were going to wave palm branches into Jerusalem. We were going to come in with banners, Hosanna, Hosanna. And there was going to be singing and shouting and glory. I'll be honest with you. We were really bummed out and disappointed because we expected it to look this way. And it didn't look that way. Now, let me tell you, we did see God in Jerusalem. We went to the Garden of Gethsemane. We went to the empty tomb. We went to the Via Della Rosa. We went to the upper room. And we saw God in the way that God would allow us to see. But our expectations, if we had said, hey, get us off this bus. If this doesn't look like what we thought it would, and isn't that the way we are with God? I want to get off this bus. This miracle does not look like what I think it should look like. This situation, this thing, this person, oh, I expect it to be this, and it's not. We have to say to the Lord, I put my hope in you, and I I know whatever way you move for me, it's going to be the best. I'm not going to get off the bus of glory until you get me to the place you said you would take me because our expectations can get in the way. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Expectations can get in the way. Just think about Naaman and his expectation of what that miracle would look like. He didn't want to dip in the Jordan. He wanted to do something big. But the prophet said, do this. I'm going to tell you this morning, those who hope in God, but the who and not the how. Everyone say the who 
and not the how. You see, God has his own divine strategy. He knows how he wants to work. We want God to bring our miracle. We want to order it online. Bring DoorDash to the door. Tell him to put it on the front porch and ring the bell when it's here and I'll go get my miracle. I want to tell you we need to let God be who God is and we need to focus on the who of the miracle and not the how. The how is his specialty. The who is who he is. Someone praise him this morning. We need to focus on the who El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. We need to focus on the Jireh, the great provider, the Rafa, the healer, not the how, but who. God has a divine strategy to get miracles done. And in this text, in a moment, you're going to see him freak everybody out the way he's going to solve this issue. The how is his decision. Strategies you cannot dictate to God. You can't give him a portfolio and say, I've thought my best mind, O creator of the heavens and the the earth and all the things above and beneath it and I put my best plan together at 62 and here you go God and it better look like this I'm going to tell you you don't get on a plane and go take the pilot seat the pilot says you take you stay in your seat you leave the flying to me sometimes we need to take our hand off the wheel and say Jesus take it like Carrie Underwood did and say Lord I know you can do better than I can you can bring forth something more powerful Give him praise this morning in his name. Thank you for praising him. Gives me time to catch up this pollen voice. Think about this. Joshua, he's up against the walls of Jericho, and he meets with his strategic military minds, the best minds that he had. These, these are great, mighty men, men of war. And he says, we're up against Jericho. And they said, what are we going to do? He lays out a blueprint. We're going to bomb them. We're going to scale the wall. What's our plan? He goes, no, this is what we're going to do. And everyone waits with bated breath for Joshua. We are going to march six times around the walls. And then on the seventh time, we're going to shout. I can just imagine every one of them going, what the? This is stupid. So stupid. And you fasted and prayed about this, Joshua. But the walls did fall, amen? We get hung up on how things happen. People of Israel in the book of Esther are fixing to be annihilated. And I'm sure the greatest minds among them thought we're going to assassinate Haman. Haman, let's take him out. Get a sniper on the wall. Let's bomb the king's palace. Let's kill the king. Let's kill all of them. And everyone says, well, let's pray. Let's pray. And then Mordecai says, I've got it. I've got it. Esther is supposed to go talk to the king. You've got to be kidding me. This is stupid. But Esther did talk to the king, and a miracle did happen. Sometimes your strategy is not God's strategy, and God's strategy is not yours. He is God all by himself. Somebody praise him. Jehoshaphat is up against five armies. And the strategy after prayer, he says, we look to you, O Lord. Our eyes are on you. And he comes back and he looks at all of his men. And he says, here we are. And they're listening for the great Jehoshaphat. He's been fasting. He's been praying. We're looking to you, Lord. And they can't wait to hear the mighty militant way. We're going to destroy these armies. And he said, this is what the Lord says. The Lord says, get the praisers out in front. Get the musicians out in front. Get Judah out in front. 
and let them sing their way into victory. you got to be kidding me, Jehoshaphat. But they did sing, and God did work a victory. For greater is the power of the Lord than any other power. Give him a shout of praise. What about Jesus? There's a divine strategy. Glory Dios. I heard Pastor Ramon somewhere. There's Jesus, and they thought he would come as a warrior. He'll throw the kingdom over. So he confused his disciples. He came as a lamb and not a lion. But when he comes back, he's coming as a lion. When he comes back, he's judging and making war. But the first time he came, he came as a baby in swaddling clothes. They couldn't understand it when he wouldn't lift his sword to Rome. They couldn't understand it instead when he ministered to the poor and healed the sick and raised the dead. They couldn't understand it when they wanted him, his disciples, to set up a kingdom. But he said, no, my kingdom will not be set up this way they couldn't understand it when he went to the cross and was crucified but when the veil was rent in two and he was raised from the dead they understood the strategy of God is always on time and it is perfect somebody give him a shout of praise we should never be so concerned on how God will do things we should never be so concerned about how he'll make it. Josh, if you'll come help me. In this, I'm not near, but he's just going to help me. Just give Josh a hand as he comes to help me. Amen. Or I, I could have had Brother Mike come up and anything like that. In, in this text, what's going on? So the siege is going on. And then it says in verse 3. I think that's verse 3. I've got my context. Now, there were four men who were lepers. Everyone say lepers. They were at the entrance of the city gate at Samaria. You'd think if God was going to use someone, he'd use the king, but he chose the lepers because God chooses the foolish things of the world. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we go into the, back into the city, we're going to die. And if we go out to Syria, the Arameans, they're going to kill us. But we might as well get up and do something. Let's rise up and get going. Why sit here till we die? I want to tell you this morning, there's moments we have to determine that staying in something is not healthy, it's not good, and we need to get out of it. Staying in discouragement, disillusionment, fear. Pass through those, but don't stay there. Staying in the defeats of yesterday or the victories of yesterday, don't stay there. Or we'll die. Maybe not literally, but you won't go forward. Something that's absolutely taking the life out of you. The leper said, we can't change our leprosy. We can't change it. There's so many things about our lives we cannot change. But I implore you, make one simple change. Make one change this week. But they decided we must do something. I'm going to tell you this morning, there are mountains that we are believing will bow down. We'll say, I'll start when this situation is changed. I'll make a difference when my mind does not think defeating thoughts. Well, then you'll never get anything done for the Lord. I'll rise up and take my place then these four men started walking and when they started walking God started working if you start walking God will start working you start walking God will start working and at dusk they started walking I love this they could have said it says the scripture says at dusk and amazingly a few verses down the, the victory happens at dusk at the same time at the same time they started walking but listen to me 
They said, we could have said, or they could have said, we're going to wait till there's more light in here. We're going to wait till the time is right. We're going to wait till the sun is setting. But they got up where they are and started walking. Look at your neighbor and say, you might need a push. You might need a push. You and I have to rise up and move forward and join the choir of our predecessors who have gone on before us. And what they said, we must proclaim this morning. We must. I'll say it for you. Whatever you put in front of me, God and I will deal with it. If you put a wall in front of me, I will shout it down. If you put a giant in front of me, I will stone him down. If you put a mountain in front of me, I will move it out of the way. If you put a river in front of me, I will cross it. I will not let it stop me. If you hate me, I will love you. If you curse me, I will bless you. If you kill me, I will rise again. And if you break me, I will be healed because I have the power of the living God living in me. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Our predecessor said nothing's going to stop us. We're going to cross it. We're going to call it down. Brothers and sisters, there will be moments in your life when you will feel like you cannot do that. But God says, rise up and move forward. Do what you can where you are. This is the unbelievable thing about this miracle. Josh, when they started walking, the Bible says at dusk, the Arameans heard the sound of galloping horses and chariots. Get this. At dusk, the lepers say, we can't go back into Samaria. We're going to die. If we go out to the Arameans, we're going to die. So we're just going to go surrender the Arameans and get killed. When they started walking toward the enemy's camp, when they did, all of a sudden, God caused in the atmosphere the Arameans to hear the sound of thousands of chariots and horses. And they thought Israel had hired an army. Israel didn't hire an army. They had God on their side. And you do too. Come on, somebody. And you do too. And the Bible says the siege was lifted. I want to say this to you. This came to me this morning. When you start walking toward helping someone, the enemy hears the sound of God walking. When you start walking to encourage someone, to pray for someone, to lift someone up, the sound of the enemy is the sound of God walking. When you start lifting your hand in the midst of your own pain, your own burdens, and you you start walking toward the things of God, the enemy hears the sound of God walking and wants to run in defeat because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not by might nor by power, by his spirit, says the Lord. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. I think, Pastor Todd, when we feed the homeless to the enemy, it sounds like God walking. God's walking. God's walking. Where's God walking? He's walking. It says, when we help the attic, Peggy, when you walk toward an attic there at the house, the enemy hears the sound of God walking. When we prepare our outreaches, our youth camp, the enemy hears the sound of God walking. He's walking in the youth leaders. He's walking toward the next generation. When we do these events like Clean for a Day, which has been in my mind a lot this weekend because I've been at different places where people are partnering with me. And 
And uh, I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about all the things that we do and all those hundreds of women that come in from all over the place. When we start walking toward the hurt, the enemy says, oh, God is walking again. God is walking. The last time he walked in the cool of the evening, he restored Adam and Eve and covered them with a the skin and made the prophecy that our doom was only a day ahead in infamy when Jesus Christ would destroy us. When you start walking toward that co-worker, when you start walking toward that single mother, when you start walking toward that troubled soul, when you start walking, whether you're writing a note, you're baking a cake, you're speaking a word of encouragement, the enemy hears the sound of God walking and the sound of God walking will eventually make the enemy flee. You may not see it at first dawn of light. You may not see it the first time you do anything. But I'm going to tell you, you're kicking open a door. And the light is coming into the darkness. You're kicking open a door. And the light of God is penetrating darkness. Somebody give King Jesus a shout of praise in this house. A shout of praise. Someone lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Exodus 14 and 11 confirms this and said, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name because he ambushed the company of Syria. It says in Exodus 23 and 27, I will send my fear before you. I love a God who says, I will send my fear before you and I will cause confusion among the people that have come against you. Come on, somebody. And your enemies will turn their backs to you. That sounds like a negative. No, what he's saying, they'll turn their backs and run. I love a God who knows how to fight. Deuteronomy 3 says, you must not fear them because the Lord your God fights for them. Second Chronicles said, with them is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God and he will fight our battles. Somebody give a shout of praise. He will. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. That's who's standing for you. That's who's facing your enemies. That's who's keeping you strong Monday through Saturday. That's who got you up out of bed this morning. That's who's fighting battles you don't even know about. That's who's fighting the battles you do know about. That's who stands before you, behind you, and beside you, and goes before you. It is the Lord. His name is a mighty warrior. Somebody give him another shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hand and praise him one more time. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We honor your power in this room. We honor your power in this room. We honor your power in this room. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus. When the lepers got into that tent, and this scene right here is one Pastor Hank would have preached, that witnessing is one beggar telling another beggar how to get bread. When I tell someone about Jesus, I'm merely telling the hungry what he has done for me. And when they got there, the Arameans had fled 
at the same time. It says at dusk and at dusk said twice. They fled when they heard the sound of the lepers, thinking it was the sound of hundreds of chariots and horses. And they left in such haste that they left all their silver and their gold. They left all their food. They left all their animals. I love that God says the wealth of the wicked is being laid up for the righteous. I love that right now there is wealth being laid up for Church of the Harvest. I love it. There's wealth being laid up for you. I love that God is repositioning people to bring in the end time harvest. I love it that he knows how to do it and he knows when he will do it and he will make it done. I love that he will take out of the hands of the adversary resources that the kingdom needs and eye has not seen and ear has not heard, says the Lord. What is entered in your mind or your heart? What I, the Lord, will do for those who wait for me. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. And they plundered the enemy's camp. And these four lepers, if you know the story, they begin to drink and eat. Here's the church. They began to drink and eat and just enjoying the goodness. Taking the silver and gold. I mean, these are men that can't go anywhere because they're lepers. Unclean, unclean, they had to say. Whenever you got near them, they were not welcomed anywhere. They go into all of these tents and they're eating and they're feasting. And one of the lepers looks at the other one and says, this is not right. This is a day of good news. This is a day of good news and we ought to share it. I want to say to you and I, and I want to say to myself so much this morning, I have too much goodness of God not to share it with others. I don't want to hoard it up in a tent. I don't want to take my faith and hide in a cavern. I don't want to take what he's brought me through and brought me out and hide it somewhere and feast on the praises of God and feast on church community. I'm looking for a church who will rise up out of the tent and say, this is too good of good news. I've got to take it to the hedges and the highways. I've got to take it to the prisons. I've got to take it to the prostitute. I've got to take it to the attic. I've got to take it to the poor. I've got to take it to the homeless. God has been too good for us, for us not to share it. Somebody give him praise. Hallelujah. And so they did. And so they went back and the city broke loose from the siege. And the king sent soldiers to find that the armies of Syria had left in such haste, Josh, that they even left their clothes, kind of like a scene from the rapture. They left their clothes upon the riverbank. They left their weapons. I tell you, when God wants to do something, he knows how to do it. God can make a way where no one can make a way. God can use lepers and God can use you and I. He could have used a king, but he chose to use them to show the world. I will choose who I want to choose and I will use who I want to use. And I love that the plunder was picked up by the people of God. I loved it happened just like Elisha had prophesied because no word from the Lord will ever fail. I love that the finances absolutely reversed. The city got blessed. It was set free. They were no longer seized. I love that you and I, when we take the provision that the enemy thought he took from us, but we came out of the battle with joy and peace. We came out of the trial with goodness and faith. We came out of that hard place with a song that the devil can never steal. We came out of that valley with a shout that we just can't stop. We came out of our breaking with a brokenness and a humility that lifts its hands to the Lord.
Lord and says, if God be for us, he is more than the world against us. Somebody give him a praise in this house. No one can take your hallelujah. When you bow before God, you will stand before man. When you kneel in conviction, you will stand up to conquer. When you begin the day on your knees, you will finish the day on your feet. God will bless you just like the lepers in the presence of those who broke you. God will feel you in the presence of those who forsook you. He will lift you up in the presence of those who refused you. He will provide for you in the presence of those who persecuted you at the job site. And he will crown you in the presence of those who canceled you. And he will shine on you the light from heaven. And he will make his glory known because God takes care of his own. Somebody stand and give him a shout of praise. I'm done. I want to pray over you. But I want you to stand and give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. I want to ask the team to come. I don't think Tanner is here, but Mike, if you would come, and Josh is going to switch out. We already talked about this. I want us to sing that song, My Soul Needed This, and the Lord told me. I think Mike's going to be there this morning, but we didn't know that. I want us to sing that you deserve the glory. And as we sing it, I want you to believe God for the impossible in your life. If the Lord were to say this morning, this or that would happen, and your response would be, yeah, if God opened the windows of heaven, then whatever that is, I want you to give it back to him. And I want you to say, God, I believe that you can do this. You this morning are lepers that the Lord is anointing your feet with your brokenness, with your batteredness, with your trial. You came forth with the plunder of joy and the plunder of victory. You came out of what should have taken you out with the plunder of hope for others. It's a time for a new, fresh commitment this morning. A time for you to be infused at those situations you're praying for. God is more than able. Would you move out and just come stand in the altars? Would you sing this and make it your declaration this morning? Come on, just come on you down to the altars. The glory.